Welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from games set in the world of darkness to MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and my co-host is Motorori, who helped me create this podcast as well as a 40-person, four-table Gen Con event for the world of darkness. Hi, everyone, and today we have a special guest, Stephen Neil Balfior, here to tell us about his gaming stories and what it was like storytelling for Mage the Ascension. Uh, Stephen, how have these Dark Knights been treating you? Uh, well, I mean, if you're talking about the pandemic, um, I had better days, but <laughs> uh, it, 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 all, it, it all comes together, and I'm really, really excited to be here. Tell you about how way things used to be. <laughs> yeah, so tell us, how'd you get involved in gaming? Uh, well, I very first started, um, I was first introduced to Dungeons and Dragons in 1986 by my uh, stepbrother. And uh, I had heard about Dungeons and Dragons before, but I never actually played. And, uh, and that kind of uh, got me started interested in the hobby. And, um, and I played on and off. Like uh, up until I was about uh, uh, 16 years old, until I uh, met my first uh, diehard uh, uh, DM fan who actually got the entire regular gaming group that I had together, and we uh, uh, started up a uh, Forgotten Realms campaign. And one of my favorite um, settings. I love Forgotten yeah. Realms. <laughs> We had we had a lot of fun with that. We played for like you know three or four years until I uh, decided that um, I needed to uh, go to college. So I went off to college, and then then in order to pay for college, I uh, enlisted in uh, the Department of Labor's Job Corps, and I was sent to this uh, facility that was on campus. It was in the middle of nowhere, but uh, in order to be in that middle of nowhere place. You know, uh, they had dormitories, and they had meeting rooms, and so the kids get together and do stuff, and that's when I encountered my first uh, White Wolf game, and which was uh, Vampire the Masquerade. It's like, oh, this is interesting. It's like, what, uh, no die 20s? It's like, no, we just roll die 10s all the time. I'm like, oh, well, that's uh, easy to get my hands on. I'm like, alrighty, and I'm reading the rules, and, and uh, the setting was dark and dreary, and uh, but at the same time, um, what I found the most entertaining idea about it is that uh, just from the title, Vampire the Masquerade, it means that vampires got smart enough to hide their uh, beastal mon monster nature from the rest of the herd, so to speak. And it wasn't even a, a crime punishable by death to reveal that information to someone who you weren't planning on eating later. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, the clans kind of explained why why we have so many different stories about vampires. Like, some vampires uh, had problems with crosses, some of them didn't. Some, you know, because of all the different clans and all the different bloodlines and, and the traditions and the indoctrinations of 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 the set, and then when they tied it into the biblical Cain uh, legends, 
it was just it just seemed to be a really thought out modern setting that uh, I, I really could enjoy and so yeah, I felt the same exact way when I when I first got introduced to World of Darkness. I was just like, wow, this is so much history that they've built out, but they just use our history and and twist it. It's crazy. Like this is awesome. Exactly. And um uh the next thing that happened is that uh after I uh left school for a while, I I got back uh together with the original uh, friend of mine who was running that uh, Forgotten Realms campaign, and I said to him, I said, uh, I want to give it a shot. And so uh, um, I saw, I don't know exactly who introduced me to the mage, but I do remember seeing a distinctive uh, hardcover purple book that was referenced to from uh, Vampire the Masquerade. That's like like oh that these uh these people they can actually alter reality around you and not just pulling rabbits out of a hat and so I got my hands on the uh, Mage Second Edition uh, hardcover book and I can oh oh I just I, it just totally redefined because just like the Masquerade they had justifications as to what they were doing, uh, like uh, why some spells don't work, uh, uh, the idea of that paradox uh, that manifests that, that uh, keeps consensual reality from falling apart. It just made so much sense to me that, you know, it, even though that I know that it's fiction, this seems very, very plausible, and that's what I loved about it. Like, you know, you, you take a, a, a fantasy medieval setting, you know, you're gonna. There's gonna be some things about about it that uh, you're not gonna be used to. Like uh, you're not gonna be used to the idea of having to use an outhouse or something. You know the uh, the modern settings of the world of darkness is like it's just like yours, except that you know things are a little bit darker and uh, a, a little bit less hopeful sometimes and a little bit dirtier. But you know, I mean, it's just like you're living in a bad part of town, but at the same time, you can still have hope. Of, of that, and, and it's something that you're much more familiar with and able to, to deal with some sort of situations that you can do. And uh, it, it immediately won over, and I just started collecting every single book that I could get my hands on. And now I've got a list of the ones that I don't have that I'm still looking for. <laughs> and, um, and soon my collection will be complete and that I will rule the entire universe. <laughs> I feel the same uh, way. No, okay. <laughs> I, I have I have a lot of these books. Yeah, I, I, it just it just it's amazing on 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 how much good material that they put out, and then that you know it, it's not. I'm surprised. I, I don't know why it's not surprisingly uh, more across with the franchise because all we've ever really gotten is uh, a, one TV series, I think. About the uh, about the vampires, and that's it. Maybe maybe a couple of Teen Wolf shows or, or, or something like that. When uh, there's so much more you can do. Um, heck, uh, even the I would say that even the show Lost Girl would probably be something that's been inspired maybe from Changeling. Um, uh, that could also a heavy be part of the world of darkness. Game. Yeah, definitely got a he heavy feel of, of Changeling from Lost Girl as well. 
And so, um, uh, uh, to summarize, is that uh, I've I've been playing uh, Mage on and off, and, and it's just something that you know, during the pandemic that I would even be uh, willing to risk people that I have uh, absolutely not even know just to have a chance to talk about it and to restrain my overall excitement and enthusiasm <laughs> just because, uh, hey, I know about this stuff. I, I, I know all the names of factions and I know what the symbols are and, and uh, everything else. Yeah. So so you were introduced to, to White Wolf properties back in the mid-90s. Was That's there, uh Did you ever have the experience of like waiting for books to come out because i i never had that like i started collecting the books you know less than 10 years ago but you must have been there when they were like releasing the the supplement books uh you know you probably go into to game what do you mean like being able to look it up someplace uh (laughs) and say hey there's an announcement that, that this book is coming out and then, you know, we sit there for a couple of months waiting for what's going to happen. No, we didn't have the internet around that back then <laughs> to get that earlier news of knowing when something was going to come out. At the most, there might be, like, an advertisement of, you know, book of something that was coming that we already had. You know, like, you know, uh, uh, here's an expansion to something else that we're gonna, that's going to be released next year. You know, I, I would see a lot of that in some of the books that I was purchasing. And then sometimes I would glance to look look for it. It's like, hey, there's something that I might need. Or something, or a book that it was referred to in the book that I had already got. Like, um, from from the rule book, there, I remember references to the uh, Book of Shadows in order to know the rules for uh, certain men. Um... Uh, that was detailed in, in, in that area, and then there were some, like, you know, other uh, references to other supplement, uh, references to other books where they would say, for more information, check out this. And that's the only real advertisements of something that I can, re- I can recall in the 90s about hearing about what's going to come out next or what had already previously existed. Um... I would I would say I would say the one thing that I did get was uh, when I was reading the uh, uh, Mage Chronicles Book of Chantries was that uh, if if I wanted to continue some of the adventures um, that uh, I should also look into getting the uh, Loom of Fate and uh, the Chaos Factor, which were both uh, which were like was like the trilogy of uh, Samuel Height, because the first time my players had ever encountered him was in a, it was called Harvest Time, and it was uh, mm-hmm. it was a. Uh, is that uh, the Chantry book? It it was called yeah it was it was in the book of Chantry book, and it was like a, a an opening beginning level adventure for for uh, mm-hmm. the players, and that's actually that's the very first story I ran. And they hated him. <laughs> they hated uh, Samuel Height's guts. And um, uh, unfortunately, we only got through like the middle of the uh, loom of fate for uh, things separating us before we got there. Uh, before our group could, uh, we did not get to complete the adventure. But the actually, the the very first White Wolf game that I actually ever played. Um. 
I slot. Uh, well, I I was gonna try to something big. I tried to start off with uh, the Giovanni's Last Supper from uh, <laughs> Vampire mm. the Masquerade, and um, I got a bunch. You know, I got as many people together that I could because you know there's space for thirteen different well twelve players. You know, to to be embraced by the by the conspirators. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting in a story set in uh, uh, 1444 and uh, the one bonus uh, from starting then is that everybody got to start out at 6th uh, generation <laughs> which normally is the 13th <laughs> from that and it's like you don't and you didn't have to even spend points to lower yourself that low and you get you know all of the benefits from that but then again you have to worry about you know Inquisition, setting one fire, and and all the other troubles and tribulations from that. We got through, um, we got uh, through through that as well. And one of the, and when I decided to try a mage, a, a smaller mage group, <laughs> there was just like too many people there. I, I will say I was somewhat overwhelmed. Um, one of my players said, oh, "I really like this character." Um, you want to start up with this different campaign, can this character be in this campaign? And I was sitting there and thinking, it's like, well, you don't mind if uh, your vampire is into someone who can cast magic, you know, because they're, that's going to be the central thing. I mean, that's going to be the central game. But I also know the games of vampire, and I also know werewolf, and uh, some Wraith, and uh, the only book that I never actually bought was uh, the Change the but uh, I I made sure that I was familiar with the rules of what chemistry was and what they were capable of, and so that, you know, someone would hood me from that, but we took his character. Uh, he was uh, he was the one that was embraced by the Asamites, and he was English instead of being Asian. But the Asamite embraced him, and the thing was is that he loved his crossbow. And he learned that he could poison the tips of his crossbow by uh, running his tongue on the tips. And I I know that he took this from one of my favorite um, webcomics, Knights of the Dinner Table, Mm. where... um, uh, when we were in in one fight, he just one day we just got up and says, "I waste him with my crossbow," and I'm like, <laughs> "Wait a minute!" <laughs> and he exactly what he does is because he could shoot poison arrows just by licking on the arrows and using his discipline to take care of people before actually fighting them. And then uh, that was just like one of the things that really brought us together because um, you all recognize, you know, the different types of players that you have. You have a rules layer, you have a role player, you have the person who just loves to throw dice and, and kill stuff, and and that's another thing that I enjoy immensely with my group, and, and here's me, the, the guy just sometimes getting a little bit frustrated when things don't go to plan, even though that it's like, I don't want to work force them their way, but I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, 
make suggestions like, oh, well, maybe this might be a good idea, or maybe this... I was never that... Um, I was never that proficient at uh, improvising. I mean, I, I spent all this time reading re reading the materials and saying, like, well, this is how the way that should go, and I hope that they'll be able to figure out that this is the way they got to go. Turns out, you know, most of my friends are dumb. <laughs> or, or they just got a completely different idea and they went completely off the trails, but it did um, result in some fun things. Uh, one of the other characters that uh, asked me if it was, like, well, he's a computer hacker, and he wanted to develop a program that would gather all of the pennies that get rounded off during bank transactions uh, and then deposit that money into, his, into, a, into an ATM card that he could use. And uh, I did a roll behind the screen, which botched. So I allowed him to succeed. I mean, he did his programming. Programming was great, but when he applied it, one, I rolled to see if the technocracy would notice, you know, somebody filtering around with their systems. And so they tagged it, and so the ATM card became an automatic presence locator any time he used it to withdraw something from an ATM. <laughs> so they kept on wondering, why are these hit marks showing up everywhere are we going? And, like, I don't know, but <laughs> you're supposed to be, maybe you should have done this, or... Uh, and then, and then we had werewolf outlaws, and uh, for them to just to be able to, which made combat kind of difficult against them because they would they would pretty much steamroll any normal creature except for like maybe the big boss, you know. Um, but one of the mages uh, had a lot of fun. He was a hermetic, and he had Forces 3, and he showed me this one uh, rote. He said, what would be the result if um, a vampire running at you was using Serenity, suddenly had his kinetic energy transmuted to thermal energy? What would happen? Well... Chances are he would probably stop in his tracks and then burst into flame. It's <laughs> like, okay, I'm gonna do that now. <laughs> and so if so, va any vampires, uh, any any fast vampires that came after them would just like that, like that. Yes, there was paradox involved from that. If there were any witnesses uh, of people just suddenly spontaneously combusting. Uh, but I was like, you know what, uh, you, you, you did an actual, appliable, scientific thing as to what would happen from that, so I'm going to give it to you because uh, I was impressed. Nice. I will do that. with. Was it forces them. only? Uh, all it is, that... well, it's all you need is forces because it's transforming one form of energy to another form of energy. Yeah, but if you did that to a person, you would need life too, right? Well, it was a vampire, uh, so he's dead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but then... Well, I mean, uh, you, it, it'll help you target it. Or, okay, like, you could need correspondence if you want to do it from a distance. Um, but all, all, I, all he needed was uh, 
all I let, uh, all, uh, all I required from him was uh, forces three. I mean, that's the yeah. transmutation. But, that's the transmutation of energy forces. Because if yeah, you can I, actually I do that in real up. life, tap into kinetic energy, and then it is vulgar to do that because. You don't know how to oh, do yeah. that in real life, do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I just bring it up because uh, one of my favorite things about Mage is uh, arguing about what spheres you need to do stuff. Right. Well, oh, and okay. it all depends on what, what uh, edition you're going with. Like, if you go with first edition, I can tell you that I can, with correspondence of three, I can create a car, a, a human being that pops out of nowhere that has gas and, and, and has a mind of its own and does stuff where I just, it's a coincidental effect to teleport me from one side of the city to another. I create a taxi cab and a taxi driver out of nothingness, and I can get there. You go all the yeah, way to Mage 20th Anniversary Edition, and they're like, no, you're going to need, like, five, matter five, <laughs> like, mine five. Yeah, you're, you're going to, or it's like fours and five. I would say to like, just teleport something, number, number one, you have to have some sort of indicator of where it is. Like, I would say just to make a wormhole that uh, you can teleport other people, I would say you need to least correspondence three. Yep, that's usually the... Um, but to create something out of nothing, you need, you need crime and whether or not if it's alive. If it's not alive, it's mattered, and if it's alive, it's, it's life. So, um, but, but, if, but if you're turning uh, one form of matter into another form of matter that already, that already exists, all you need is matter. But if you but if you want to transmute yeah, magical changing. energy magical energy into something create something out of nothing, you're gonna need prime. Yep. And and the uh, corresponding relating uh, sphere uh, of that terminology either organic versus organic versus inorganic. In my opinion, that's just... uh, so. So going back just a little bit. Uh, what... Did I hear correctly that you had in your mage game a vampire player character? Yes, we did. Okay. How how did that work out? Uh, well, um, the one thing that we first had to figure out was we didn't want him to be um, 600 years old because having a vampire elder walking around in modern times, someone who was embraced in 1444 would be bad, uh, or at least uh, unbalance the game because of all the points that we would have had to give him for his life experience. So we had him be put in Topor, whereas the Hermatic found him and was able to use his magics to bring him out of Topor. And so, and until he got the blood debt paid back to the magician who woke him up, he is in their service because you know that's what aspects do. Hmm. So that's that that's what we worked out. Is you know between it's like okay, yes, you can be proud and and, and do that, but um, you're not allowed to kill him or his friends. Just kill everybody else that they ask. It's like oh oh yeah, but I like killing. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll be doing that. And so we were allowed we we allowed to give him some starting bonus points. Uh, you know, to show that he was experienced, he was like only about maybe a hundred, maybe uh, two hundred years old that he had lived. But like you know, the mat vast majority of of the time that when he came up, and then he got himself up to speed in the modern world. 
so that he wasn't overpowered. Like he, he, he like the highest discipline he had was like uh, four of his clan's specialized ability, where he could just spit his blood, and he, he, uh, like you said, he, he loved shooting his guns more, and his and his ancient weapons. And he also liked it to be fair, and he also liked uh, talking with a Welsh accent, because uh, that's uh, what he was always envious of. Um, because at, at first, when he first thought, he was very cockney <laughs> and brutal. But when he woke up, he always wanted to show those English gents that he could be surprisingly dignified of all that sort. <laughs> that's what my friend Stu, um, uh, that's the way he played it, is that he was, he was, he was very, very class envious because he was brought up as a thug, and then the Asimites kind of elevated him by making him into a vampire, even though, even though it was, if you've read the, if you've read the story, if you've read the adventure, that it wasn't their idea to begin with. It, they were just made to put up a uh, distraction so that the conspirators could escape because they were plotting to kill the uh, the Cappadocians. That's what they're called. Okay, yep. yep. The, 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 um, yeah, they were going, they were plotting to Yabarize Cappadocius with uh, the Giovanni clan and um, they would just say, embrace your prey, and leave them behind, and they will fight for us, and we will escape, because the Camarilla, or the, the, the budding Camarilla was, was looking to, you know, <laughs> ruin their fun. Yeah, right. that's, that's, that's the phrase I'm looking for. <laughs> so, there's that. And that was the first adventure, and liked that character so much, it's like, can I play him in your main chronicle? I said, well, I, I suppose we could do that. I want to accommodate what my players want to do with their characters, but at the same time, I, I want to give them, like, well, okay, you have your character, here's the situation, how do you get out of it? You know, what are you going to do about it? And so, um, I kind of pl plan things where I think that I can guess what they're going to do, but I will fully admit I sometimes get, to get get things that are totally wrong. Like um, uh, one of the times when they were uh, being attacked, um, they they had actually were able to trace uh, a trace uh, trace the people that were attacking them back to their base after that they had been missed, and they. It's like, well, oh, okay, I guess you could do that. It's like, well, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he's got one of my items that I have a correspondence connection to, and I'm going to use that to, to track them. They got there, they, 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 and then they booby-trapped the entire base and blew the whole place up. You know, and I'm like, well, all right, now I'm going to have to think of some else, somebody else to kill you with. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it, it was a good fun, it was mostly... 
not in as much as the adventures of being created. It was it was the it was it was the socialization, which was primary for me. Was just being mm-hmm. with with people, just hanging out, being with your friends, hanging out, and yeah. just just doing something that doesn't require uh, uh, any sports skills whatsoever. Because <laughs> I have none. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I'll watch football just as much as you know, uh, the next individual, but I'm not going to paint my body for a sports team or anything else. I might wear uh, a gangrel pin on my light pole. <laughs> but um, it was, uh, for me, it was it was something that they enjoyed, that we all got together, and we were all from different works of life. Um, Bill was, I guess you could say, red, the most rednecky out of all of us. <laughs> Um, to the point where uh, uh, he had a gun rack in the back of his car, and and um, we had a, a tall and skinny guy. We had my buddy uh, Stu, who uh, liked to scream at video games that they cheated. And I'm just like, they don't cheat. You just suck. <laughs> and. Um, so were the other uh, the other people that were with this Ansemite, was the Ansemite primarily there um, and, and helping with most of the combat and being like a, the, the combat powerhouse of, of the game? Um, or was everybody really big in, into combat as well? Or uh, how did how did you kind of balance out the, the idea that the mages could almost do anything, but the Ansemite would be geared so, so much towards combat? I would say that it was... Uh... Well, there were there were four players altogether. There was the Asimite, and then there was uh, the, the computer hacker, the computer hacker that uh, found the ritual to wake up the Asimite that was played by uh, our friend Pat, who was really tall and really slim, I remember. And uh, our friend Bill, who uh, played a stargazer who knew Kalindo. And um, oh no, he wasn't a stargazer. He was a he was a oh yeah, he was a stargazer. My bad. Yeah. But he knew or... the wind the wind martial arts. And then I had to look up uh, as into what that. But he really enjoyed walking around and and helping people for wherever he go. He was like a like a wandering white knight in werewolf's clothing, I guess. Oh, and, interesting. So a really big mix of different, uh, different Right, casts. and uh, Roy was a reprogrammed hip mark that oh. they had gotten. Yeah, he said that was the that was the other hard part, is, is that there there were no standardized rules for that. We had to make up some stuff that he did. It's like, you realize you're never probably going to become any more enlightened than what you already are, and you'll only be able to spend your experience on, on you know, certain other upgrades and effects but uh, you're pretty much going to be yes you're going to be you're going to be strong but uh, you know you have the capacity to break down you know I, for every benefit that he got I made sure that there was a, count, a, a counter to it to, to make him balanced and him not to be crazy powerful I mean, he is walking around with Asimites and, and werewolves, so... Yeah, know. exactly. I mean, I mean, he... he uh, the, the least combat-geared one was, uh, was Pat's character, who just wanted to be a computer hacker and float around in the digital web and, <laughs> and do things like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. 
and uh, he was there also their information broker of telling them like, well, you need to go here and do this and do that and and hold on, let me enrich myself this way and and everything else. And uh, we got through the uh, that first adventure, and it's like uh, that's where they they they, they met the uh, Stargazer is that because he was looking for Samuel Hype <laughs> at the same place, and they all met together at the uh, Crowley's farm, and that's how their group formed. Okay, And, yeah. um, um, uh, the Hermetic was looking to barter to get some quintessence, and, uh, the Asimite was there to cut, to watch his back, and, um, uh, the hit mark later on had uh, uh, come in after a- after the fit hit the shan, <laughs> you know, and like everything after after the tree had blown up and 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 and, and all that that you that was it was sent to investigate, and um, and uh, Pat wanted uh, had had reprogrammed him. It's like, well, okay, now in real life, Roy is six four <laughs> and like over 300 pounds <laughs> and it's like is it okay for me to play a big guy i'm like i don't see you having a problem with that <laughs> so we get uh, right into character <laughs> exactly and uh he, i know that he wasn't you know that much of a role player but he loved big guns you know and then being able to to carry a chain gun, it's like, okay, well, this does this much amount of damage, and you've got your 666 that you put out, you know, um, but you are self-aware that you are no longer have to take orders from the machines anymore. I'm like, yeah, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you understand that that, now these are your friends now, they're not, you're not supposed to murder them, there will be problems. You know, and, and there, he had some primary components that give him some innate counter magic for the spells that were thrown at him. Uh, but I, but I have that because he was still, you know, had part of a human brain. And, uh, he, uh, he did go on to, he, he did go. Uh, the Hermetic did help him go on a, uh, a quest through the digital web to find uh, archived childhood memories oh yeah and, and i think that he they just he, he just got that idea from johnny mnemonic or something <laughs> that that made him allow him to not be so robotic was that he found that and helped him out yeah give him a, a little lot bit of, of the things a lot of the things that my characters love to do was love to do stuff that they would see in movies and this was before the Matrix had came out. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, the only basis that we might have had for being in the digital web, web could have been the original Tron movie mm-hmm. from, uh, from 1986. Hey, man, that's a and hell of a digital web. And even then, it wouldn't have been anything like this, of, of being inside the computer lines and and and, uh, and, and anything little, from that. I think a little bit you had hackers that came out in 90... Wasn't it 95 or 90... 93 or 95 um 
But yeah, d- hackers, they never went into cyberspace. Well, they kind well, of... They, 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 they showed up, but they didn't have, like, avatars. Yeah, they didn't have avatars. Like in the Lawnmower Man. Or, <laughs> or Lawnmower um, Man is another one, yep. Yeah, that's another... Lawnmower Man they went in. Cyberspacey type show. Johnny Mnemonic, they did go into. Yeah, the Johnny Mnemonic, there was like, I will crush you! <laughs> <laughs> the end boss. Like, can you, Keanu's come a long way, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we just did Johnny Mnemonic for Movies of Darkness. People should oh, check cool. it out. I I I love that uh, that uh, it looked like a lightsaber whip coming out of that guy's finger. Oh yeah, yeah, we oh, talk the, about laser, that. The, the laser, I guess it was a laser filament, a uh, retractable choking cord or something that could just sever things. I thought that, I thought that was the coolest thing of the whole deal. I'm still wondering what the hell Dolph Lundgren was doing. In but <laughs> I think Dolph that, that's something for another. That's something for another day that I can discuss about movies. I am a. I've seen a lot of movies. I am. I, I, I can throw it down as the best. Also, thank you, Pyatt Weed, for giving us a follow. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, so you were running that uh, that mage game for what three years? Uh, About three years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, have you been? Yeah. Do you? What uh, what kind of gaming have you done since then? Um, well, I played Warcraft a long, long time, uh, and I still do occasionally because I have some friends there that I had met on World of Warcraft that I wish that I would know in real life. That you know, I've had conversations with that um, that I've gotten involved in their lives, and. Um, that I would miss them if I, if I didn't get to speak with them. Um, my uh, Facebook page is extremely exclusive. There are only people who I have actually talked to um, in real life. <laughs> um, like usually relatives and or, or friends that uh, I've actually uh, been within five feet of. Uh, Josh is the exception to the book because I can see him right in front of me and then we've spoken on the phone. That's, that's the exception is that uh, I don't, I don't, friend strangers mm-hmm. you know I, uh, I i like to say hey oh all right uh, well hold on let me get to know you first and, and then like oh okay that's good enough now you're on an, in a very exclusive club friends of me <laughs> <laughs> so feel privileged damn it i do i do for sure that's awesome dude so yeah you were ran the game about three years and then um well, I had to move away uh, due to health concerns, and my uh, my grandmother and my father passed away within months of each other. And uh, when I went to go to both of their respective funerals, I uh, I got sick, and I spent like two years sitting around just recovering from from that illness. And um, by the time I was able to support myself again, I was uh, living with relatives in a separate state. And the only way that I could keep in contact with my friends is that they had all started playing World of Warcraft. And so to, to, to be close to my other gaming group, I started playing World of Warcraft. At first I thought, this sucks. Because uh, I hated uh, the game that they were playing before that was Ultima Online. <laughs> I played I a bunch. Hated, I hated that game. Uh, but but 
WoW got into my system and got, got me addicted, and uh, it, it kept me sated up until about uh, 2012, and then when I went back, uh, I went back to college, got my history degree, and uh, I've, I, I've uh, yeah. And suddenly I blinked and, and uh, I'd, I'd been separated from my group uh, since 2001. Like, dang, it's, it's, it's been that long already? Uh, gee, uh, uh, I better figure something out or do something or reinvigorate that. And now I'm in a really good place to invite people over after this pandemic is over and, and just uh, hopefully say, hey! Can I have a Mountain Dew? Where are the Cheetos? I got a plus five dagger against ogres. No, I have gray eyes now. Yes, I have had sessions like the Dead Alewives uh, D&D. That's one of the best skits. I love that skit. I, I, I laughed so hard when I first heard that. I... I, I still, I, I still say, "Hey, where's the Mountain Dew? Are we at a bar? <laughs> there any girls there? I want to do them." <laughs> Sorry. If I'm, if, if, if people who are listening and don't know what they're talking about, there are a lot of people who do, who, who are in the gaming community who have absolutely know what I am. But you can find it on YouTube. Uh, Ape yeah, Theater has a version of it, and that's fantastic. The summoner uh, has a has a summoner version. had it on its CD where they, they use their characters there and oh my gosh just, so, just look up I attack the darkness I attack, I attack the, the darkness, darkness. magic missile there's, there's nothing there I attack the darkness then why'd you cast magic missile <laughs> I didn't know there oh, yeah. now you're surrounded. <laughs> So one of the questions that I always ask people is, uh, do you ever go to gaming conventions? Is that uh, part of your thing? I have gone to three. I went twice. I went to a gaming convention in Columbus twice for uh, Magic the Gathering. And that was with my game group of friends. We all got got together in the, uh, my buddy's van and uh, we on two separate occasions and also entered in tournaments. My last convention I attended was a Comic-Con in my hometown where I got to see Don Wells of Marianne from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and when I uh, told her, it's like, do you know that there are college uh, dissertations and uh, term papers trying to answer the question, who would you want to be with, you or Ginger? But by the way, you have my vote. Where are you? And I might have a side thing with Ginger, but no. Every, I think just about everybody who knows, has any sense in their mind, would marry you. And it's, uh, it's, it's really sad that she uh, died earlier this year. And, and mm. I was like, Ginger's the only survivor left on the island. Wow. You think about it. Really? She's, the old, she's the only cast member left. Everyone else is dead. That's a revelation, man! Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, she's a, she's. A, I was I was I was rooting for Don Wells. I was praying that Tina <laughs> Louise would die because she hated 
that show, <laughs> being on that show, she thought it was going to be the Ginger Show, and it was the Gilligan Show, and that's why she never did anything, like, you know, when, you know, they had to get a different actress to play Ginger, because Tina Louise didn't want to meet the Globetrotters, apparently. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. <laughs> if you've ever That's watched Gilligan's, Gilligan, Gilligan meets the Harlem Globetrotters. It was an expansion after they had gotten rescued off the island. They came back, or the Howl made it into a resort in order to save save the island from an evil scientist. The Harlem Globetrotters that were visiting challenged a team of robots built by the scientist to a basketball game. <laughs> yeah, that seems on par it's, with it's, the. It's ridiculous, doesn't it? Um, but um, that kind of show. I loved it, and I'm thinking yeah. that would be that, that would be fun. Take that, uh, combine that with um, Lost. Ooh, yeah. You know, the smoke, the smoke monster on Gilligan's Island, <laughs> <laughs> and see how stuff that looked like that would go down. Yeah, that would be a fun game. That'd be interesting. That would be a, that. That would be like a great. I'd do a good one scenario. shot. Ooh, a board game too. That'd be good. Or uh, or an episode of Fiasco. <laughs> I don't know. Are you familiar with that? Fiasco. Uh, I've heard of Fiasco. Fiasco. It's a a, a fantastic uh, episode of Will Wheaton's Tabletop. Oh, okay. Everybody should it, that everybody should should watch, and it, it's it's a fantastic uh, role playing game system. That uh, only uses uh, six-sided dice, and but everyone sits around, tells us, uh, tells part of a story, and then it moves to the next character, and they tell their part of the story, and it goes like in a big circle. And yes, there's a moderator, but the, basically, it, it, it's like trying to come up with a situation from like a movie that's inspired by like like Fargo, or just a really bad thing that happens. When people are trying to take advantage of it, and then you want to see how bad the situation turns out. Like, you know, did you go to jail? Did you make it scot free? It's um, <laughs> that's interesting. It's a it's a it's a fantastic party game. I have to take a look at that. I like uh, I like tabletop. Uh, I've seen a lot of those episodes. So good. Good explanations as, as to what's how to play a. Uh, it, it, it's a the one game that game. you can you can teach someone, like you know, in the first ten minutes on how to play if they've never RP'd before. That's awesome. You, know, you give them a character with a set of attributes and, and some, 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 some background information, and then they're all ready to go to pretend that they're in a movie in a, in a story uh, where really bad things will happen to them. <laughs> like, a, like a botched um, armed robbery. Like, you know, and, and, the only, and the only masks that they could, ha- they could find were baby masks or baby panda masks or something, you know, and then like a certain, a certain random element is introduced into there. And uh, the players themselves vote whether or not the outcome is positive. Or negative. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's so, like yeah, that it's fun. like, it's not like the, 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 the ST only has the final say in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, uh, the other it's players very collaborative. You know, determined to give you a positive result or a negative result. And at the end, you, you roll all your dice, and you subtract the, the negative from the positive, and if you have positive, then you have a good ending, and if it's negative, if it's a negative ending, then you have a negative ending. Uh, that's all I would 
want to ramble on about. You'll you'll see it for yourself. If you check yeah, it out. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at that. Um, so we are coming up here on almost an hour. Um, so I was just wondering before we kind of start wrapping things up here. Um, you have anything that you want to uh, talk about? Anything? Any shout-outs that you want to give, or any projects that you're working on, or anything that you want to talk about before we wrap this on up? Uh, well, I'm waiting for the pandemic to end. When so, I will invite everybody in my town to come over, drink Cheetos and, and Mountain Dew, while I uh, attempt to run a the full series of the. Uh, the Samuel Height, uh, Loom of Fate, and Chaos Factor Chronicles, and then finishing it off with the uh, uh, Judgment scenario uh, featuring uh, Vumus, the Vumus scenario where oh, I love the Vumus. He tries to uh, just uh, tries to prevent the world so that he doesn't die because the idea of well, maybe we should. Destroy the world so it that it automatically resets itself. You know that's what the wheel is. Mm-hmm. You know he just wants to stop the wheel and live forever. But you know you have to you know you have to die for that. That to the that is my plan. For, that is the chronicle that I've been trying to put together is um, a tradition group <clears throat> who uh, gets to the gets to the end times uh, uh, being. Uh, guided by the Rogue Council, and to fight uh, the, uh, the armed guy who carries around a <laughs> staff with a baby's uh, a baby's skull at the top of it. I mean, how much more batter you need an antagonist <laughs> to be of, of someone who is trying to prevent the, all the natural order of things, even though, like, oh not the worst thing to die. Just ask uh, an actual real uh, Euthanos, or a member of the Euthanos. It's like, you know, we're... Death is just... It's not the end, it's just the beginning of another cycle. So, to illustrate that to people, I think that would be really, really important, is to not be afraid of the end, because uh, from what I've seen, um... Chances are, uh, time is kind of like, uh, how do you, way that I can, I don't believe in, uh, alternate dimensions existing simultaneously, I, th- I believe that they exist one after another, like, for every Big Bang, there's a, a cosmic collapse, and then from that cosmic collapse starts another Big Bang, we, we might be on version 5 million <laughs> of the number of times that the universe has expanded, and then contracted over a series of, you know, what, 10 billion years? Is, is that usually long the timeline has existed? And the Earth has only been here for about half that? So, I think yes. that when people see something in the future, they're just remembering the past of a previous cycle that has already happened. That's possible, man. A, there's a lot of crazy so, theories out there about the different... Uh, Marvel actually so, has, a, has a whole system on that. Uh, and, yeah, it... Yeah, Marvel has uh, Galactus is like the only one, and his uh, from the previous universe exactly from the previous universe, and then yeah, he's um, older. He's the next older one than, is than Reed Richards. <laughs> like Reed Richards is the only one who survives the next iteration, but then that fucks with everything. And there's yeah, so Marvel's fucking crazy. So <laughs> there have been so many. There have been so many reboots. I'm I'm surprised there's not a 
you, you know, um... <laughs> I was trying to think of that boot company's name. It's like impression of of a boot on on uh, Captain America's butt. Uh, but anyways, um, I am. Uh, you said first shout out, okay? And 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 I, and I way off topic, and I apologize. Um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, I am looking to uh, STA Group. I I live in uh, northwestern Pennsylvania. I don't know how how far you guys are or anybody else or if they just decided that they're all just going to get together and, and do everything from the computer uh, uh, if, if it comes to that but still I, I would I prefer to receive real live people that I can you know pat on the head when they do a good job um, I would like to uh, shout out to all of my friends uh, any any of them who I've uh, talked about and that I've uh, uh not uh, disparage them in any any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'd like to thank my family that um, has helped me out, and uh, you guys for uh, for inviting me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great having you on the show here, and uh, thanks so much for coming on out. And, and if uh, people who are watching really like what you're what you're seeing here, go ahead and feel free to give us a like uh, or follow. We're on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and you can also check us out on our brand new website, theageofstories.com. So it's theageofstories.com. Yeah. And don't forget to tune into our Mage the Ascension game, Technogate, on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash goldenagestories, or at theageofstories.com. Uh, and remember, that's Goldan spelled G-U-L-D-A-N. And if you like this podcast, you can listen to us record it live on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and you all have a great week.